You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is The Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. It's never silent when there's women around. (laughs) Okay, can I ask you some questions to fill in some of your bio? Oh, yeah. Okay, where were you born and raised? In Michigan. And did you live there until you were 40? No, I lived there until I married and we moved away. We moved to Dallas, Texas, went to Bible college. What'd you do from 19 to 40? Besides have eight kids. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that kept I mean, me f- but like, where were you? In Michigan. Okay, so you lived in Michigan. In, in until- the same church. It was Catholic at first, and then the Holy Spirit interrupted it. And then what? And then become? the life began. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. That's like Shirley's story. They met the Holy Spirit, and life began. Oh, he is wonderful. Mm-hmm. If you let him be wonderful, he gives you opportunity to share his glory if you let him so good so you married ron when you were 19 yes yes and then you guys had eight kids yes we wanted a big family yes and he became a police officer so he would have time to encourage children he loved being a policeman he loved walking the beat he loved driving at night with the other police officers and he loved people and he was perfect material for a pastor He was a good pastor. He Mm. cared for the sheep. And he died being a pastor. They were good to run. Mm. They all loved him. He was easy to love. Did you go to Bible school too? Yes. With uh, You went to all the classes and uh, yeah. both of you became pastors and missionaries? Yes, that was before we did anything. We got that done first. And, but we didn't plan it. God did it. And Christ for the Nations was a very good beginning place. That's where you went to school at? Yeah. Do you know Christian who plays the keyboard on Sundays? He went to Christ for the Nations. He did. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. So Christ for the Nations, and then you were in Malaysia. Yes. We went from there to Malaysia for three about three years. So we lived there in an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And when it was very, very busy, um, the pastor... Pastor Henry Ramaya, he saw the need and he brought speakers in from America and spent a lot of money that came in. Money came in and he paid for speakers to come and they were mighty men of God and he chose the men that he wanted and they they did a great work. But he wanted pastors to be with the sheep. That's why he chose Ron to come and work to be with the people and listen to their problems and pray with them. So that's what we did. What do they speak in Malaysia? Bahasa, Bahasa. which is uh, their native language. Okay. And English. Yeah, that helped. Yeah, I was going to say, do you know languages? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, we didn't have to. How long have you been in Ohio? Five years. So your husband passed away five years ago? Yes. So he died in 2015? That's all like a blur to me. And I'm so how many sons are here too? Yes. Any daughters here? No. Three, three other living, where do they live? They are with the Lord. Two daughters, one is still living. 
And but it seems like a lot of my children, the Lord took home, and that's where I belong. Oh, I'm waiting for that. Yeah, mm. there's nothing more beautiful than that. Yeah, and more helpful to people who are watching. Mm. They oh. need to see it. That's so good. Yes. So we have a big family. Yeah. Do you know how many grandkids you have? Not really. Okay. <laughs> I know there's seven in the family with. They are all adopted, all seven. In one family? Yes, nearby. They come and get me often. That's why the doctor where I'm at, staying at, comes and visits me. And he says, I know why you're healthy, because your family is there for you and takes you out and spends time with you, and you have a life. It makes a difference for you because you're strong. And so that's true. Yeah. They are there for me. Marie had a meeting. She's also a minister. In the building where I'm at, okay. she began ministering to the older people who had no visitors, and she planned programs for them. Is that your granddaughter? It's my daughter-in-law. Okay. My son Ken's wife. Okay. They've loved the Lord since they knew each other and have been serving the Lord all these years. They're serving the Lord with their children now. They had seven children, and she took the children and trained them to sing, and they sing in front of these older people, mm-hmm. and they love watching these young ones come in. And some, like, might they're growing up now, but the youngest one is about eight or ten years old, and they're fun to watch mm-hmm. when they're up there singing. Yeah. They're just, they're just in a joy, and they like people, and they've been trained to pray. That's the beautiful thing about it. Mm. And so when I came, they took me and found my clothes that I was going to wear today and told me what I was going to wear. Oh, You look pretty sharp, yeah. I'll say yeah. that. They picked them out, and, and then they helped put them on me. That's Isn't that sweet? Great. One of our guests, Jacob, said it's true that 15-year-olds make all the fashion decisions for the rest of the world. So oh. <laughs> it's yes. true. They're helping you get dressed and look like a beautiful grandma yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> Well, sometimes you think about getting dressed is just the... Beautiful. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I love to think about where I came from and who did it. God prepared these children and the parents to train them to love the Lord, and they do, and to serve the Lord, and they do, and they work hard at home. They have people coming in all the time for meals with them, and they have to help cleaning up after and they have to do all the laundry and that's seven children with two adults and they do my laundry as well i mean they're they're hard workers they give more than mouth and i like to think about that because people can talk about a lot of things but never really do it it sounds good but the real effort sometimes is physical and boring, Mm. and sometimes nobody sees it, and they don't like that. They Mm -hmm. like to be seen, so they get the credit. Well, the Holy Spirit likes the credit Mm. if we give it to Him. He's trustworthy. He proves that we are trustworthy of what He allows us to do, because there's glory in it. He's a life of glory, and it's His glory. When He finds people that don't want to keep it, He can use them. Yeah. And they're free. 
Yeah. They're afraid of, of caring what other people think. We don't need to care what they think. We need to care what the Holy Spirit is saying. That that's was a great good. word. It's true. <clears throat> and that's why it's strong. Amen. What a sermon. Let's All right. Yeah. Well, we'll start asking you the four questions. Okay. You ready? I'm not ready, but the Lord's ready. <laughs> okay. I trust that he's ready. I was thinking, am I ready? We haven't done this for a while. I know. I was how like, do weeks? we even know how to interview people? I don't anymore? know. <laughs> like, <laughs> We've had a little bit of a hiatus. Welcome, Shine Podcast <laughs> listeners. It's Beth. Oh, it's just Kate. It's Kate today. And we are here with the beautiful Miss Carol Keller. Welcome, Carol. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Carol has been attending the upper room for the past several months with her son, Steve Keller. It's a real treat to have her in the podcast studio today. Carol was born in 1932 in Michigan. She came from a strong Catholic background, and she married her husband, Ron, when she was 19 years old. They had eight children together. Amazing. Ron was a police officer and eventually was an automotive executive for Chrysler. And when they were 40 years old, they got called to the ministry moved to Texas, went to Bible school at Christ for the Nations, and began their journey of pastoring and being missionaries. They went to Malaysia back and forth for several years. They lived there for three years. At 60, they moved back to Texas, settled down to be pastors of a church in Texas. Carol moved to Ohio in 2017. One of her sons lived here. And so after Ron passed away, she was in Michigan for a couple of years and then headed to the good state of Ohio. <laughs> and we are here to hear her story today. So thanks for coming, Carol. Well, it's a delight to be here and it's a, a joy to talk about what the Holy Spirit wants to do and does do when we let him. So Carol, tell us who or what turned your light on? Well, like I said, I had no I have no plans. I don't sit down and tell the Holy Spirit what I want him to do. I just pray with my husband all those years and we were here the Lord together. Not one voice, but both of us heard it together and we would move in what we heard. And the joy is there because God proves himself to be faithful and he was faithful. You said you grew up in a Catholic church, and it was Catholic, and then the Holy Spirit showed up. And yes. It, so tell us about that part of your journey. Well, in the Catholic church, I went to church every day. When I went to Catholic school, we went to Mass every day before our classes. But after that, I continued, even as a mother, when Ron would be home, I would go to church, or he would go to church. We would take turns, so somebody would be there with the children early in the morning because we were hungry for his presence. But then he showed us there was more, and he led us gently, kindly, out of the Catholic Church into a new life, his life. It fully, completely his life, and he proved himself to us to be a life of joy. I look back on the things that he allowed us to do, and it's nothing that we had but joy together. And that was another blessing is the two of us, Ron and I together, were one. And we could enjoy it as one. And there was no friction. There was no selfishness. It was sweet and beautiful because we let it be. How did you end up at Christ for the Nations? I mean, going from Michigan to Texas, that's a jump. Well, we went to Malaysia first and came home. Oh, okay. 
And then when we came home, we had already had a taste of the Holy Spirit's power. And we went to Christ for the Nations because we felt we were called there. And that's where the church was in Dallas, Texas. And just outside of Dallas is 635, which is the best route for anyone that wants to go anywhere, any direction, is to get on that highway. And so that's where the church is. Marty Reed was a pastor with Ron before we went to Malaysia. And while we were gone, he helped take care of us with funding. And we would come home, maybe, I think we came home several times and flew home during three years just to visit, check in. And Marty, is he did a marvelous job with Ron after the time we were away to take care of the people. And he's pastoring now in a beautiful way. He's online preaching, and his wife is, and another woman is a song leader, and they're online for people to listen to, and they're both doing a powerful job. I'm really proud of them. It's been years that they served quietly and humbly. Did your kids go with you to Malaysia? Oh, no. No, it's very expensive. Okay. No, <laughs> were they, they all couldn't. grown at that time? Oh, yes. they were. All, we didn't leave them alone. You know, they were settled. What were some of the Holy Spirit experiences you had in Malaysia? How did you see the Holy Spirit move? Well, when people would come in crying or needy, or needing help financially, Pastor Henry would do what he could do as a pastor to help them. So they got not only spiritual help from those who could, but also physical help in any way that was possible through Pastor Henry. So he was a great man of God and humble. I can look back on that and see now that God could use humility. He never got in God's way. He said and did what God showed him, and then if God wanted to do something else, he did it without Pastor Henry, and Pastor didn't take the credit. What were your responsibilities? Feed the sheep, pray for them. That was it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's (laughs) the main thing, and that's the main need, really, in any church is prayer and encouragement, and to be there when they need it. And to give them understanding when they don't understand what's going on, that you understand that God's in control and point them upward. And that's the only source of our help anyway, is through God. When we can do that and they do focus, refocus, then they're comforted. That's where our comfort comes from. So Carol, tell us what lights you up? Just to know the activities and the joy of God when people are miserable and hurt and broken and you see God healing, the joy is there and he lets you be a part of it by encouragements and whatever else you can give. You didn't do it, he did it, but you can't help it and taste the joy. I know you've tasted the joy <laughs> of seeing God move and bless and help. It's not like you did it, but you were a part of it. You share the joy of being a part of it. Oh, yeah. Isn't that such a beautiful thing, though, that God lets you participate with what he's doing? That's what he wants to do to all of us. So good. Even if we're not in the ministry, we minister. Right. Open our mouth. Open our pocketbook. Mm -hmm. Open our hand. If we do that, more joy would be in the church. 
Yeah, that's good. We need more joy in the church of seeing the function of the body the way they are supposed to function. So I watched a clip of you being honored at, I believe it was a Christ for the Nation church, and the pastor was honoring you for your prayer and your intercession. You interceded for him and his family. But tell us about your journey of being an intercessor and praying for people. Well, it starts at home. I mean, we had eight children. That's going to give you a lot of opportunity for prayer. (laughs) When they're teenagers and they don't know what their life is about, you try to counsel them and they don't hear you. They don't want to hear you, and you know it. And you're dealing with young ones growing up thinking that they know more than their parents. And that's a hard place to be because you have to take your steps carefully and you have to really love them. And they, when you love them and they know it, they may not act like they respond, but they do. Mm. They know they're being loved when they're corrected. And so we corrected our children in a kind way, but it's proved through the years that it works. Especially when you bring the Word of God in it. And they learn that the Word of God works. Then it becomes their life, their interest. We want them to be interested in their life, their whole life after they leave us, for it to be a part of them. And God's proven that. Right now, I see this with Marie and her six of my grandchildren, the light and the brightness and the glory there. That's such a joy for a grandmother to watch these young ones coming up now and being ready to serve. And they're serving young. So did your prayers for your kids turn into a prayer life for the church body, wherever you were? Oh, yes. The church body had nothing else to do because that's all they heard. That's all they were called to do is to pray for each other, pray for our country, pray for the church problems that we had. That's what we were called to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every church is called to do the same thing. Train all of us to pray. God answers prayer. Mm-hmm. If we don't pray, we don't get what we need. Carol, it's you, simple. Mm-hmm. Carol, you have lived through <laughs> nine decades and have seen a lot of change in your life, socially yes. and culturally. And has your prayer life changed over the decades, or has it been consistent with the way and what you're praying for? My prayer life always changes because problems change. Our country's changed. Things that we used to trust were going to be there aren't. The beauty of knowing that our country was raised with the gospel in my era and the where it is now is something that we need to pray about. It's not good where we are right now. We're not putting God first. We're not thinking about him. We're not serving him. And that's not healthy because there's judgment comes from that because we've been so blessed. We've been blessed because we sought him, and now we're not. And so there's an answer for the not. If we're not, we're not going to get anything, and we're going to get trouble. So we need to pray so that trouble doesn't come on our borders. So yes, it's changed because we've changed. But the ones that know the Lord haven't changed in heart or mind. They're just changing in their prayer life as to what to pray for. So tell us, in this season of your life, 
how are you letting your light shine? Well, uh, the only light that I'm shining on now is on my grandchildren. And they're the ones that are doing the shining. They're bright stars. They love the Lord, and they love their parents, and they love each other, and they are serving. Their work shows. When you don't want to work, there's something wrong with the heart. When you want to, don't want to serve, what's some, you ask, what's wrong? Something's not right there because you give, because God's a giver. And that's what he wants us to be, is giving where we see a need. And my grandchildren are doing that, and they're doing it without complaint. Now that's a miracle, teenagers not to complain. <laughs> but they do, they, they are serving, so I appreciate that. Because I know the difference. And you're living, are you living in an assisted living? Yes. How is that being in there with your little community of people? I don't spend much time with the community because my physically is too hard for me. Those years of spending my body are over, and I'm not sorry. (laughs) I, I spend a lot of time in my room and I can pray. It's quiet. And when I find out what's going on, I can pray about it for our country, for my family, for my teenagers, for the ministry here at the church, whatever I I find out that is needed, I can pray. That's my, and it's quiet. There's nobody else I I have that I'm responsible to accept the Holy Spirit. And he tells me, usually, he tells me who to pray for, but I don't know. I get information on the side. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody needs praying grandmas and mothers. And and the church needs intercessors that are praying. And Mm -hmm. I so appreciate that, that in this season of your life, that you are spending so much time committed to that. I love it. I mean, you had eight kids, so you know what it's like. To be in the middle thick of raising kids and running around. And so instead of playing bingo, you're praying for us. And I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah, thank you. And Marie is raising these children and she's training them to serve. They already have hearts to serve. Now that's not common for teenagers. Marie's house is open to people. And when they come in... A lot of times the people are hungry and they have to feed them and that takes work and clean up after. And so they do that knowing there's a need. And so they're growing in the beauty of God. I'm so proud of Marie and she's a minister at the same time. She's always involved in ministering to people. Her phone is on all the time for people to call and ask for prayer. She's a prayer warrior. She said God will wake her up and have her pray. He never did that to me. (laughs) He let you sleep. He knew you needed sleep with eight kids. Yeah. Yeah. She's awake. So what does it do to your heart when you see our young people at church worshiping and praising the Lord? Desire for them to be hungry. They need to be hungry. That's what happened to Pastor in Malaysia. God struck him with his love lightning. The whole church was filled with the same desire that he had. And so it comes from above. And we can't make it happen. But Pastor Henry tasted it and shared it. And it went on for a long time, years. 
God moved there in that building and in that vicinity and in that body for years because of his faithfulness to ask. That's the question. Are we asking for an outpouring? Are we hungering for it? Do we want it? Why would he bother with us if we're not really interested? He wants hungry people to ask. He'll do it. And the joy that is with that is worth every sacrifice. Isn't that all true? So much. Yes. We just need to mean it and ask and receive it. If we complain that nothing's happening, well, then the Lord says, I have all you want. Come and ask me. Could you share with us? I'm sure that there are so many experiences that you've had in Malaysia and Texas and all over, but can you share one supernatural experience that you've had? Oh, I can share a couple. Okay. Well, one is when we came back from Malaysia, it was a whole new thing again. It was all new. And we came back into helping a pastor. We began to pray and ask God what he wanted from this church and what he wanted this church to do. We had a small building that was rented for little sections in a small town and um, had to divide up the church for at Sunday for Sunday school, different ages, and then the main service for the adults. It was difficult because it was scattered. It wasn't all in one spot. And so we began to pray for help for that. Something happened that was miraculous. There was a, a man that was a builder in Dallas, a big builder, big buildings. His wife had always wanted to have a steakhouse. As years went on and she got older, she contracted cancer. Well, he figured he needed to do something about it, so he came to our church and he told Pastor Marty, Marty Reed is the pastor now, and told Marty and Ron, and Ron was pastoring with him when we came back and said that he wanted to build a steakhouse. He wanted us to pray for his wife because she was critical with cancer. And so we did, but he came and told the man that she wasn't going to make it. And so we were so sorry about that because they were good people struggling in a problem. They, the men ministered to both of them. He realized she wouldn't be there. He came and told the men he wanted to sign a contract giving the church that building. It's a large building, and everything in it was ours. All the equipment, everything that was in it, and he gave it to us. We had a church building. Everything was there. The location was perfect, right off of 635 for anyone that wanted to come in in any direction. And the church is still functioning strongly. They're doing well as pastors together. Marty is like a son to us. He was young when Ron met him. And he and his wife, and Mila, she's a southern belle. A warm, loving, southern draw with a drawl, and you know, the both of them are beautiful. And you, if you turn them on online, you can hear them preach. You know that they're from the South. What's the church called? Trinity? Trinity Family Church. Okay. Yes. Ron named it yeah, a long time ago. He <laughs> named it 
Trinity, where we're honoring God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Trinity Family Church, and it was for the family. The ministers would come in and want to be a part of it, and God would show the leaders which ones are serious about serving or wanting to get glory so they would know who to choose. And that happened. They knew who to, to sign jobs. That was very hard to do when you turn somebody down. You just say you wait on the Lord, and we listen to what the Lord says. You can't argue with God when you, when you tell him that that's the way he wants it. And that helps when you can say it that way. It leaves it open for consideration for them to realize that they're not in control. Well, Carol, I feel like since you're in our presence that I just want to ask you if you would pray for us, pray for Kate and I, and pray for all of our listeners that are listening to you tonight. Would you be willing to do that for us? Yes. Yes, I'm trying to think of what else. There's something else I wanted to share along with how we got the church. We've had so many wonderful miracles, and I hate to pass a miracle by when it gives glory to God, because you can't make a miracle happen. You can only speak about what you know. And I know miracles. I've seen them happen. And I can't think of it right now. If I do before I go, I'll let you know, but I'm Deal. sorry about that. Oh, that's, that's fine. okay. He wants you to have your own miracles to talk about. Yeah. That's where prayer comes in. That's good. All right. Well, let's have you pray for us yes, and I'm all a, our listeners. I'm asking it right now. I'm talking about it right now. That <laughs> these two women and the men that are so low t- to serving and loving you, Lord, they're here and laboring in your name and caring for the sheep every which way that they need their serving. Lord, it's a beautiful thing to say when we come in and the worship is going on and we can be a part of that and the serving and giving money away and sending missionaries out. All of the work that's being done is delightful to all of our hearts and they're servants to you, Lord. They want the fullness of the Holy Spirit to be seen in their ministry and in in their own life and in their own house. Whatever that is that they need, I ask you, fill the need and give them a miracle that they can talk to other people about it and even use that miracle to encourage others that are in the same kind of problem with no answer. But there is an answer. You are the answer to everything we need. You're the answer to what satisfies our heart. You satisfy. You bring peace to us when there was no peace. And you give us joy when we had nothing to be joyful over. But you are our joy, and you are our peace, and you are our all. And I'm asking that, Lord, for anyone that's missing it here in this church, the leaders starting with them, and the the people to receive that all of them would be asking for what it is you want them to do and want them to be to a glory to you. It comes back to you. The glory is all yours. I thank you for today, for the opportunity that I have had, even to what I remember. There's other miracles that you gave that I can't remember now as an old lady, but I'll never forget them. They'll probably turn up and my mind 
as soon as they walk out the door. And Lord, I ask those kinds of miracles and blessings to be poured out upon these servants within my hearing, that they would have increase of what they want in their life to serve you and what you want to speak and give to them as well. Lord, and bring satisfaction and joy and fulfillment and peace, complete peace. And the rest, Lord, the rest that comes with loving you and serving you. There's nothing more beautiful in life than knowing you, loving and serving you. It satisfies, it brings a completeness in our hearts and in our, our life that we otherwise would not have. And I thank you for showing that to Ron and I and my children and to these women and the leadership in this church and to the people that are coming hungry, that they will leave filled. Every Sunday they'll leave filled with new expectations and a new sense of your presence and your control and looking for signs, wonders, and miracles that you promised. So I thank you for the opportunities that this church has to release you, your glory, and your love in every way, body, soul, and spirit, as they come. And Lord, send them more, send more. Thank you for the ones that are here, and thank you for the leadership. I ask your blessing on every one of the leaders and that they would have more of you and be satisfied. I can't think of anything else to ask more beautiful than that for this church, for body, soul, and spirit to be filled with the glory of God and the love of God and the labors that come along their way, that they would be filled with wisdom and your blessing. In Jesus' name I'm praying and asking and I thank you ahead of time. I thank you for the word in John, the book of John, that Jesus said, ask anything in my name and I will do it, that the Father would be glorified through the Son. He said it twice, right in a row. He meant what he said. He wants the Father to be glorified, and that is through his people. So I'm thanking you for what you're going to do, Lord, ahead of time. Now, in Jesus' name, and I give you the glory for what you've already done and what you're up to. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen. Amen. Amen, awesome. amen, amen. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Carol, for your prayers, and thanks for coming and sharing a piece of your history. I know when you meet Jesus, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And it's an inspiration to us to see someone who has served the Lord nine decades and hasn't lost the faith and is still going strong. So thanks for being an example to us in that area. Yes. Okay. And I thought of another miracle. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so we came back from Malaysia, and we needed a house. Now, we had already sold our house when we realized that we were not going to be there anymore. So we came back and settled back in the ministry with Marty and Mila, and needed a place to live. And we found out that there was a part of land where the government would give a discount for people who would sign up so that this the land would be used 
They wanted it to be filled with people and incoming money. So it was an opportunity for us. So we got this house for a song, small amount of money, and we had it built according to what we wanted. And it was in the right location in that same little town. So we had a farm loan, had it built, and it was big and on the right area. It wasn't a church, but people would be using it to come in and out, and we would be. Okay, we had a big house with nothing in it. So we were praying about what to do about that, and we found out that there was at a store in town that was selling furniture, all kinds of furnishings for a house. We went to check it out, and it was a beautiful hotel who were selling out all their stuff for really unbelievable prices. We filled our house with those furnishings. Didn't cost us hardly anything. And we had a brand new house in furnished. Wow. And my husband took a picture of it, and I have it on my wall. You know, the, you can get one of those things that pop up on your screen mm-hmm. every so often. Well, yeah. they've done that with different photos for me to have to remember. Mm-hmm. Well, I have that to remember, but I wouldn't forget it. Who gets a house for almost nothing built the way you want it? and filled with good furniture, and I mean really good furniture. So we lived there for two years and moved to Christ for the Nations on campus. And when we moved in, we moved as much of the furniture with us and took it with us uh, and then sold it when we went to Malaysia again. Mm. Selling, buying, selling, buying, moving, moving. <laughs> and I just pray that God's people would be willing to come to that, to let it go. Just let it go and let him supply. He'll give signs, wonders, and miracles in the supply if we're willing to let it go. That is good. Thank, Thank you, you for that encouragement, Carol. I think we all need to hear that. And, you know, in your stage of life, looking back, you know it doesn't matter. All of that no, stuff doesn't matter. No. I think sometimes when you're in the thick of it, you feel like it does. But it's so great to hear that, a reminder that we can let it go. Yeah. You say yes ahead of time. Yep. You don't know what it is, but it's okay because when it comes, it'll be all right. You'll know it's all right because it's him. Yeah. And that's the way where to live. You learn to live there. So be expecting because God wants to use you. Woo-hoo! <laughs> yes, praise the Lord. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure and an honor and a privilege to talk to you today. Thanks for coming in. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.